This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. I stumbled into the bronze foundry where I didn't need to know how to operate tools or deal with welding torches or anything in order to create small bronze sculptures directly from wax, which was easy to model. And I had help casting them. And then I'd be holding something in my hand that could last thousands of years. And I just fell completely in love with this. That was artist Meredith Bergman telling how she fell in love with sculpture. It's a love affair that enabled her to create one of America's most thrilling recent public sculptures. The 14-foot-tall statue in New York Central Park depicts three leaders of the women's suffrage movement, Susan B. Anthony, Sojourner Truth, and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. I'm Milan Verveer, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. When Meredith Bergman's suffragist sculpture was unveiled in 2020, it made instant history. It's the first statue in Central Park to depict real women, rather than fictional characters like Alice in Wonderland and Mother Goose. Bergman was the perfect person for the job. She's an award-winning creator of public sculptures, including the FDR Hope Memorial in New York City and the Boston Women's Memorial. Listen and learn why Meredith Bergman is one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. I'm speaking today with award-winning sculptor Meredith Bergman. Welcome, Meredith. We're absolutely thrilled to have you with us. Thank you, Ambassador. I'm delighted to be here. Well, let's begin with your wonderful, wonderful sculpture, the Women's Rights Pioneers Monument in Central Park. It depicts three suffragist leaders, Sojourner Truth, Susan B. Anthony, and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Why these three women? How were they selected? 
And what do they mean uh, to you especially? Well, they represent very different kinds of work for women's rights. Uh, They were each extremely courageous and fully committed to enlarging women's sphere in the 19th century, which was extremely limited and constrained. Women had no real civic existence. They couldn't vote. They couldn't have bank accounts. They couldn't own property. They had to be quiet and stay home. Mm-hmm. And these women did not. They spoke out. And they're just fascinating and compelling figures. They were very different, and they were chosen in part because they are so complementary. Stanton and Anthony worked together throughout their lives. And Sojourner Truth, who was older, 20 years older than Susan B. Anthony, was a a foremother to them both in many ways. Um, She was a brilliant orator and an inspiring exemplar of the free Black woman who owned herself and spoke out and created social change. Um, Anthony was a tireless activist and organizer. And Stanton was the radical philosopher, the the thinker, the writer, and also the speaker later in life after she'd raised her seven children, um, against any institution, uh, anti-religion, trying to change laws, any institution that subjugated women, she, she would oppose. Well, all three are truly remarkable and have played such a major role as change makers in our history. And it's, you know, it's wonderful to look at the statue as I have done and even look at not just the way they are portrayed, but the symbolism that you attach to each of them with books and handbags and knitting needles. Can you tell us about how you chose those for each of the women and what they mean? Yes. Statues in medieval tradition and going even back into ancient times, often held objects or wore certain kinds of clothing to announce their identity, to help tell their story, because art was really narrative. And that's the art that fascinates me, art that tells stories. So I felt that simply to have statues of them standing there was not enough. They had to interact in a way that told a story, and they had to have things with them. And luckily, there were things that were characteristic of each of them that I could find. So Stanton's books, which are under her chair, Mm -hmm. uh, for me, refer back to her childhood wish to take a scissors and cut out of her father's law books the laws that denied rights to widows and rights to women, which she saw her father trying to make women accept because there was no alternative. But they are actually books by foremothers of the women's rights movement from previous centuries. So uh, Susan B. Anthony's handbag was famous, her traveling bag, in which she carried documents of abuses, documents prepared to present challenges to legislatures, which she would bring to Stanton's house for their work together on her speeches. But the bag was so famous that it became part of a children's jump rope rhyme, a kind of nursery rhyme, that I think goes, mumps, said the doctor, measles, said the nurse, vote, said the lady with the alligator purse. (laughs) 
I may have it backwards, but that was the idea. Sojourner Truth's knitting appears in many of the photos that she had posed for. And she sold these photos as a way to support her living and her speaking. And on these, these cards that she sold below her photo, it would say, I sell the shadow to support the substance. And she copyrighted them. And in doing so, she was not only one of the first women to copyright anything, including her own image, she kind of reinforced her self-ownership. She owned her own image and was a free woman, one who had walked out of slavery. And the knitting was not a hobby. It was a sign of her middle-class status, of her achievement of a kind of uh, lady-like existence. Uh, during the Civil War, it was also patriotic duty to knit and raise money for the Union. So it was a skill also I've read in a couple of places that was not usually taught to enslaved people. It was a skill that middle-class ladies had. I know that's so powerful uh, when you think of what those symbols represent. And I know that uh, copies of Susan B. Anthony's famous handbag uh, can still be purchased today. So she really made her, her mark with them. Yes, but probably not from real alligators. Not no, I'm sure not. I'm sure not. You've also sculpted numerous other really important women in our history. Abigail Adams, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Rosa Parks, Marian Anderson, and so many more. How do you choose the defining characteristics that make it into each statue? What is the process? What do you go through personally? I do a lot of research. Sculpture is a slow process for me, and these commissions take years. And while I'm working on them, I want to maintain a level of fierce interest and absorption in who the person is that I'm portraying. So I keep reading, watching movies, videos, learning about the person. And that helps me figure out what aspects I can emphasize and what aspects will nourish me. For instance, Marian Anderson is wearing a beautiful gown. She actually looks quite sexy in it. Um, and the gowns were a very, very important part of her life. She left a number of them, uh, I believe, along with hundreds of publicity photos of herself in beautiful outfits to the University of Pennsylvania archive. And you can see them online. But when she was a very young voice student and was unable to study in Philadelphia in the traditional academies because they wouldn't admit black people. She had a private teacher and that teacher gave her a dress to wear to her first recital. And I saw a film interview with Marian Anderson where she tells the story and then she says, I have a piece of it with me still. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. What was your growing up like? Have you always considered yourself an artist? How did how did you come to be the great sculptor you are? <laughs> well, I was always making things um, as a child and just fascinated with that and playing imaginative games and reading and writing and singing and acting. I knew I would be some kind of creative person. I didn't have access to technical skills. My father was not handy. He didn't do carpentry. My mother did not, um, although she could draw beautifully. Um, 
And I did eventually, I went to college for a couple of years and transferred to art school. And there I tried everything, painting, calligraphy, video, conceptual art. And I stumbled into the bronze foundry where I didn't need to know how to operate tools or deal with uh, welding torches or anything in order to create small bronze sculptures directly from wax, which was easy to model. And I had help casting them. And then I'd be holding something in my hand that could last thousands of years. And I just fell completely in love with this. And then for the next 20 years, went back and learned all the remedial skills and processes and anatomy that one needs to sculpt convincing human figures. I'm still studying that. Well, it's a life's work, but it certainly has paid off because you do extraordinary work. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. 
Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I understand that next up for you is the extraordinary Frances Perkins, FDR's Secretary of Labor. She was such a driving force behind the New Deal. Where will her statue be, and what are you trying to convey about her in your work? Well, this is a somewhat modest project. She's going to be sitting on a bench in downtown Ithaca, New York. She spent the last 17 years of her life teaching at Cornell, and this is a project for the town. And I, I really think she should have a monument in Washington. But anyway, this, this is a good, a good step. Um, I'm fascinated with her vision and her life. She was a social worker who was radicalized in the most terrible way. She was taking tea with a rich lady on Washington Square one afternoon when they heard sirens and fire bells and screaming and yelling and they ran out and they ended up witnessing the triangle fire witnessing a hundred plus people jumping out of windows to their Mm. death because they were locked inside Mm -hmm. a factory by the factory owner so after that she began working for fire safety and gradually she invented basically our entire social safety net and got fdr to to fight for this and make it law so we owe her social security. Uh, the only thing on the list that she presented to FDR when he asked her to be his labor secretary, she said, okay, I want to you know, end child labor and have disability payments and unemployment insurance. The only thing she didn't get was universal health care. So I've, I'm sculpting her sitting on a bench presenting the list gently but firmly to whoever sits down next to her. And She's also fascinating for me because she early on in life had a kind of, I would say a feminist revelation, but I'm not sure it's contemporary feminism. A man came out of a meeting at the state house and began talking to her and just talking and talking and talking about what had happened and his frustrations. And she realized that he was talking to her as if, she says, she was his mother. And so she realized she could be unthreatening, but authoritative if she adopted a kind of maternal look. So she began wearing these slightly baggy navy blue dresses and the string of pearls and the very simple hair and emphasizing a kind of ageless maternal look that would not threaten men, that would get her listened to and would not get her treated like a little girl while she was still quite young. And that's kind of heartbreaking, but also very smart. Mm-hmm. Well, and she was certainly listened to because she was an extraordinary force. Yes. How do you as a sculptor work with proportion and other kinds of techniques to get your message across in your work? And do you take creative liberties? And if you do, when do you do that? I take a lot of creative liberties. Um, many, many commissions are based on famous photographs. And I hate that. I, I think we have the photograph. We don't need 
a photograph translated into bronze. I just think that is missing so many opportunities for artistic expression. So I'm always urging people to think what happened five minutes before, what happened the day after, or what happened in their in the youth of the subject, or what will happen in 20 years to that person, and not emphasize the the really abstract moment of, of the photograph. So that's one one thing that that I'm I can get very overheated about in terms of creative liberty. But I also don't work in a super realistic style. I think that sculptures are objects and I love them as objects. They're solid and massive. They're made out of metal or stone. They're not us. They shouldn't necessarily reproduce every vein and tendon and catch people in midair, although that can be very beautiful. I think for a monument, something that emphasizes the solidity and the ancientness of the tradition is more beautiful to me. So I take creative liberties in terms of simplifications and stylizations. I sometimes try to show people at different ages in the same face with ambiguous facial expressions so you can read into it what you want to see there or be surprised by what you see there. I don't want the sculpture to tell you what to think. Well, and if we want to truly understand what you just said, we just need to look at your work uh, because it really comes out in that unique way that isn't a copy of just a photo. It's really rather extraordinary. And you've been doing this now for, what, some 40 years? And some of your biggest projects uh, have been coming to life in the last decade. What advice do you have for younger female artists, especially? Well, artists, there are, and this isn't usually true of sculptors, but there are artists who really want the fame. They want to make the scene. And then there are people who want to make the work. And sculptors tend to be the latter. They're really happy working hours and hours and hours for something beautiful and lasting and meaningful. And to make beautiful, meaningful, well-researched work that remains important to you and to other people is a great joy. So I would urge younger female artists to give themselves time and not worry about how long it takes to get recognition or the size of the commission or any of these kind of measurements. I would follow what most fascinates you and give yourself time. Sounds like very good advice. You know, I wonder how you feel about the fact, Meredith, that millions of people have seen your work and will continue to see it. Commuters heading to the office, tourists taking selfies, uh, admiring your artistry. You must have inspired so many as you've inspired me. How do you feel when you see people looking at your work, talking about your work? What impact do you hope to have from what you've created? I hope the work will continue to inspire people. I remember a time when I was in art school in the 70s in New York City, and New York City was heading for bankruptcy, and nobody looked at monuments. They were filthy, dirty, they were corroded, and they didn't mean anything to us then. And this has 
come around to a new era of fascination with monuments and a, a sense of urgency and need for public sculpture. And I just hope that my sculptures will remain vivid and feel important to people in their own lives. I, I don't care whether they know that I made them or not. I just want them to function. I want them to work and bring notice to these great women and serve, serve as examples for future lives. You know, it's particularly meaningful to have you with us today because August the 26th is Women's Equality Day. And I'm wondering, given everything that's going on in our world today, what makes you optimistic about the future? Hmm. Particularly as you have put so much of yourself into capturing the lives of so many extraordinary women. Well, three things really. I'm I'm very optimistic to see so many young people demanding to be taken seriously as they create their own identities and try to shape the society into one that they truly want to live in. Um I am delighted with the involvement of various Girl Scout troops in my projects because when I was a Girl Scout it was mostly about uh camping and home skills. And it was really only when I got to a kind of wilderness Girl Scout camp that I I learned my own strength. But the scouts that have been involved in the Central Park Monument and up here in Boston have been girls who are really interested in in civic engagement. Maybe they'll run for office someday. Um, And they're very excited to be participating in politics and society. And that's just thrilling. But the thing that I most focus on is my son, who is now 26 years old and has very severe autism. He spells to communicate. He recently graduated from the Harvard Extension School and gave a valedictory address by by, uh, text-to-speech computer voice. and he's he's witty and he's courageous. Um, he has enormous challenges and we help him a great deal, but he he is optimistic. Mm. And the whole trend towards recognizing how different people can participate and communicate and join the society who were overlooked before or underrated or even erased is part of this larger move towards a greater definition of human rights and a greater hope for people kind. It's just so meaningful to uh, hear you say what you just said and, and truly a reminder to all of us of what matters as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for your extraordinary work. Thank you for bringing alive these extraordinary women you capture, uh, women in history who have made such contributions as you continue to make yourself. Thank you, Meredith Bergman, for being with us. Thank you, Ambassador Herfinger, so much. Thank you for including me. What a wonderful look at how art can inform and inspire. Here are three things I took from that conversation. First, Meredith Bergman's sculpture of the three suffragists 
gives us a unique insight into the lives of these extraordinary women. Think for a minute about her depiction of Sojourner Truth, whose statue includes a pair of knitting needles, a symbol of Truth's personal dignity and her long fight for equality. Second, Meredith offers great advice for younger women artists or anyone with a goal. Give yourself time, she says. Don't worry about how long it takes to get recognition or about the size of the payment. Pursue the work that's important to you. Finally, Meredith suggests we take hope from a recent trend, the movement to include marginalized and overlooked people as full participants in society. It's part of a greater definition of human rights, she says, and is a cause for real optimism. Tune in next time to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Have a great day. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge... Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.